0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton, aired right here on the ever popular Blog Talk Radio Network. As you know, this is a national show for the entire community and really every member of the family. This show is for all of us. We bring topics to the table that are relevant and meaningful. We aim to offer meaningful insight that hopefully will impact and shape lives in a positive manner. Stay connected with the show, and please share us with family, friends, and colleagues. I am just thrilled about our featured guest today. In a few minutes, we will be chatting with the renowned television journalist, Allison Stewart. Allison Stewart, yes, she is with us on the show today. She is here to discuss her critically acclaimed book, First Class, The Legacy of Dunbar, America's First Public Black High School. You do not want to miss this dynamic show. We are discussing history, so stay with us. This show will be groundbreaking, and this show, like all the others, is for everyone. Knowledge is powerful, but sharing knowledge is even more powerful. Let's get right to our exclusive one-on-one interview with the celebrated Allison Stewart. We will be taking live callers for this show. But I do ask that all callers, please be patient with us. We will get to the callers after Allison Stewart shares some information with us. Call in to the show by using nine one four eight o three. Four two eight four. Again, the number to contact us live is 914-803-4284, and you will have the opportunity to provide comments or submit questions live. Be sure to hold the line. I promise I will get right to you. But first, a little about the celebrated journalist, Allison Stewart. During her more than two decades as a journalist, Allison Stewart has reported for all the major national news networks and anchored her own programs on NPR, PBS, and MSNBC. Her career highlights include reporting for 60 Minutes, founding NPR's breakthrough multi-platform news program, The Bryant Park Project the first public radio news program to seamlessly incorporate audio, video, and social media, and creating the MSNBC show The Most, a phenomenal news program based on the most popular news on the web. She began her career as a producer and reporter for MTV News for the groundbreaking political coverage show Choose or Lose, for which she won an esteemed Peabody Award. Over the years, Allison has reported from the floor of six presidential conventions. She anchored major news events from Hurricane Katrina to the shootings at Virginia Tech. She has reported from Africa, Cuba, and Jordan, and reported live from the Winter Olympics in Torino, Italy. Stewart served as anchor for ABC News World News Now from 2000 to 2002, including reporting live from the World Trade Center on 9-11. She received an Emmy as part of the ABC News coverage of the terrorist attacks. She is a proud graduate of the esteemed Brown University and a beaming mother and wife. Stewart is the author of First Class, The Legacy of Dunbar, America's first public black high school. The book has already received rave reviews from many, including former President Bill Clinton and the actor Hill Harper. Listeners from all over the world, please help me welcome the very talented, esteemed Allison Stewart. And Allison is with us right now, and she's on the line.
2: Allison Stewart, thank you so much for that build-up. I wish you could have told that to my five-year-old, who wouldn't put on the shoes this morning <laughs> before camp. He, I'm sure, he would have
1: been impressed. Allison, I'm positive. <laughs>
2: He knows mommy for sure. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm really excited about this project, and I I really appreciate you taking time to talk to me about it.
1: Oh, it's our pleasure. You can highly recommend it by very many people that I know personally. But, Allison, tell our listeners why you personally opted to write First Class, the legacy of Dunbar, America's first black public high school.
2: Well, you know, like most kids, I was really interested in what my mom and dad were like when they were growing okay. up, and I knew my mom grew up in D.C., and my dad was born in New York and grew up in Harlem, but they would often talk about um, this high school where they went to school, and my parents were two wonderful people, two of the smartest people I ever knew, and they would talk yeah. about this high school they went to and how they learned Latin and Greek, and they had these teachers with PhDs and masters, and then my parents were born in 1929, so I knew it was smart enough to do the math, they to say, well, It was segregated, right? And they said, Yeah, it was a segregated high school um, in D.C., and it was underfunded and overcrowded, but we had this incredible academic tradition, and it always had. So I thought that's a really cool story. You know, the the graduates of Dunbar include many of the groundbreakers first black woman to get a PhD, first black general in the Army, first black graduate of the Naval Academy, first black presidential cabinet member. So I thought, you know, this is really cool. And I was working at D- in D.C., um, and this was like six or seven, seven years ago. And I said to somebody, "Hey, I'm going to go check out Dunbar, where my parents went to high school." And the person responded to me, okay. Hey, great football team, huh? And I said, "Wow." Yeah, they have a great football team. But what about all this other? They had. And this person was in the news business, lived in D.C., and had no idea about Dunbar's history. Wow. So it became very clear to me that this was a really important story to write down about history, Black history, American history. That's right. Before it disappears, because the graduates yes. who can tell the story of Dunbar are in their seventies, eighties, and nineties.
1: Wow. I mean, it sounds like a you came full circle on why you needed to write it, but more importantly, you it sounds like you have roots right in DC. So it hit home personally, right?
2: It really did. You know, I, I always really respected. My mom and dad, and you know what, how they grew up and what they went through, um, yeah. but they still seem to have such a great sense of self-esteem, and their friends too, who all had obviously went to segregated schools, and very little bitterness, but this the sense that you have to be really, really good. You know, you have to be the best. No sloppy English, no sloppy grammar. You will show up on time. You know, and these were some of the things that they instilled in these kids in Dunbar because they knew that they would need those tools when they got out into the wide and, you know, frankly racist world they were going to enter into once they got out of this cocoon of Dunbar. So I thought, you know, the story was important. I thought that these these lions of black history deserve to have their story told. And I'm not just talking about the famous folks. I'm talking about the so many Dunbar graduates became teachers or they were civil servants, um, and they really made up that strong black middle class that D.C. had for so long.
1: And we do need to talk about that, and you and I are going to dig deeper into that as this conversation proceeds, because we want to talk about the black middle class that existed, because I think a lot of individuals, and even some that think they know something about history, just assume um, that there probably really wasn't a middle class or high middle class among the African American culture, but we're going to dig into that. But first, tell me this, Allison, what literary genre would you consider this book?
2: That is such a good question, and oh, it has me thinking, because it's you know it's funny because i've had a I've done a few interviews and different people have told me what kind of book they think it is. so, I've gotten okay. it. it's a history book okay. i've got a book this is a book about education um someone said this book is clearly about race, <laughs> so okay. it could be okay. under african American studies it could be in history, it could be in education yeah. but I think honestly i all those are tied together in my opinion. I think you can't okay. really separate and the three. So I guess history, I may put it as history, some of that gee whiz, I didn't know that kind of history book. Okay, because that's what it sounds like, but you're saying
1: really you want it considered as a conglomerate of everything.
2: Yeah, one of the other reasons I wanted to write this book is, you know, I started it seven years ago, and originally it was just going to be the history part, the the, okay. the stories of the uh, older graduates. But in 2007, that was when Michelle Ree came to Washington, Yes. and she became the chancellor of the schools, that sort of, you know, firebrand chancellor. And they kept talking about all this education reform and what we have to do, and we need to figure out what to do. And I remember thinking to myself, you know you have a blueprint for how this can work (laughs) in Dunbar, (laughs) in your very own city, and nobody seems to be paying attention to it. And that was another thing I thought. Like, if we're talking about education reform, let's look back to the future a little bit.
1: Okay. Valid point to know where we need to go.
2: Yeah. Learn from the past.
1: Now, you did talk about a lot of the first, the first African-American general in the Army, and and also that was in the Air Force, who happened to be the son of Mm -hmm. the one General uh, Benjamin Davis, but... To the ones that don't know, because Allison, this show is global, and there are a lot of people that know a little bit about African American history, but say they live in Florida or say they live in San Francisco, and DC is a good ways from them. Explain the significance of the very renowned and famous Dunbar High School's history
2: in relation to U.S. history, because it is a part of the picture of U.S. history,
0: right?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, that's one of the things we talked very. I talked to my publisher about very clearly that this was an American history book because. Black Americans are Americans. Yes. Um, yes. That there are people who went to Dunbar who who changed the course of American history quite literally. Four of the lawyers who argue those Brown versus Board of Education decisions were Dunbar graduates. If you wow, know I did gotten, gotten a, a blood, yeah, if you got somebody who has gotten a blood transfer everywhere, you can thank a Dunbar graduate because Dr. Yes. Charles Drew was the person who figured out how to make the modern blood bank and how to extract the plasma. He actually went to. England during World War II to set up England's entire blood bank.
0: Thankful and then he came back,
2: and he resigned from his position in the United States because the U.S. Army was segregating blood. They had black oh, blood no. and white blood, and they wouldn't let people have transfusions across blood lines. And he, he quit his job. He said, this is, this is ridiculous. This is science. Um, so in, in something else, to make a lot of these people who went on to become groundbreakers, also people who took a stand and took a yes. stand against racist laws and practices. Um, you know, the, one of the things that was really striking to me were how many Dunbar graduates were part of the armed services. And the armed services, all of them were not kind to African Americans for a very long time. Yes. And many of them, uh, some of their, their um, activist awakenings happened after they served. You know, sometimes you know this as a journalist, sometimes you have to ask a very simple basic question because it's your job even though you know the answer yes. to it. So I asked one of the former Tuskegee airmen who was a Dunbar graduate. There are many of the this Tuskegee airmen were Dunbar graduates. Okay. And I said, "Well, were you treated treated were you treated better in Europe than you were in the United States?" And he said, "Honey, does the sun come up in the morning?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's an obvious
1: answer, right?
2: You know, and I, and, I, and it just was that it's, it's that simple like, oh, of course we were treated poorly. Um and, and so a lot heart. of these people went through they went out into the world and they just they broke through these glass ceilings and shattered assumptions you know a lot of part of what segregated schools were about was the idea that that black americans african americans they couldn't learn they weren't smart enough to learn they didn't have the attention span they were stupid you know that was that was oh. inherently at the base yes. of segregation right yes. is that they're not good enough to be with white people and white children yes. they're not smart enough to be and that was what was so important about Dunbar because it shattered all of those assumptions. Yes, it and these men and women who went out, and Senator Ed Brooke, who not only was the first popularly elected black senator, the first black state attorney general in the country, went on to <sighs> some of the highest offices. So it was just it, – it, it's so important in American history because it really – changed the way other people, you hopefully changed the way a lot of Americans saw black Americans, mm-hmm. and they made contributions that helped me, and these graduates made That's contributions right. that helped make this country great. That's right, and
1: when you mentioned Dr. Charles Drew, uh, the fact that, you know, obviously being an African American, but yet, look what he did, that helped so many people around the world, even today, to continue to live or have a quality of life.
2: Yeah, oh, the person who invented the the plastic sheeting that all the telephone cables are in, was our yes. our graduate. Wow. So if you ever talked on the landline, thank a Denver <laughs> I know. like for that. Or watch some cable TV, you know.
1: <laughs> I'm sure a lot of teenagers are thankful for that. <laughs> but, Allison, now many of us have heard about the legendary figures that attended the famous school, and you named mm-hmm. a few, okay, and also the faculty. I want to talk about that some a little later. The school had numerous renowned graduates. You mentioned Dr. Charles Drew, activist Nanny Helen Burroughs, who I'm a huge fan of, General mm-hmm. Benjamin Adol Davis, Jr., and his father, Sr., and Senator who you just mentioned, just to name a few. You know, but tell us this, who or what did the average or typical student that did attend Dunbar High School in its heyday, and I'm talking Mm -hmm. the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, were all of these students – and and I want you to be honest with me because you've done all the research. Were all of them from highly educated homes or middle class homes? What did it look like? I mean, for their homes. Yeah. I want to know because I'm living in 2013 and it's hard for me to imagine life back then, even though my grandparents came from that but my grandparents are rooted in the deep south, which is very yeah. different from DC, which is urban.
2: Yeah, it's you know, it's but DC is still a very southern town. It is always it? has been a very southern city. You know, it was Made up of pieces taken from slave states So okay.
0: um,
2: And it's sort of as far north as some people Came from the south during the Great Migration it's, it, it's, it's interesting It's one of those uh, interesting places But the the sort of the, the average You know Dunbar student oh, the, yeah. it, it, You know it's kind of hard to say they were average they were, um, they were The one thing they all had in common Regardless of where you came from Was this stress on education So it's not surprising that Enormous numbers of Dunbar graduates became teachers okay. And educators um, two reasons for that. One, there were op- limited opportunities for striving blacks at the time, and you know, in yeah. the middle-class black community, teachers up there were doctor and lawyers right. to be respected. Right. And also in D.C., there were these two teachers colleges where people could go for very little money, and they could stay oh. home. So it was an affordable option. Teaching, getting a teaching degree in D.C. was a very okay. affordable option, and also meant you were going to have a job.
1: And it worked so, out. Okay.
2: Yeah, you know, thirty. It's huge. A huge percentage. I think it's about 35 to 40 percent of graduating um, students went on to become teachers. Um, because because of the government, there was always okay. this stable black middle class in Washington because there were jobs. You now they may job. not have been the jobs you wanted, but they okay. were. You know, it meant there were tailors and there were um, um, seamstresses. And okay. there were cooks And there were dishwashers And there were bus drivers And there were, you know, service industry And okay. then you had So you had a really stable middle class um, You know, my my grandfather worked in the post office Which was a really good job um, yeah. The other grandfather, who had a law degree But couldn't use it Worked in the government But also was a maitre d' at night So that my mom could have piano lessons He wanted her to play the piano oh, Or at least okay. have music And so he worked three jobs for that to happen um, so you know it's funny because sometimes when you hear Dunbar in D.C. especially, you hear these stories of oh that was only for you know upper middle class lives, doctors and lawyers yes. kids, and that's it. Well, the two things about that is one, there's a there. I've been done so much research at the Library of Congress, Sumner Museum and Archives, Howard University, and the, the um, parent sheet lists don't bear that out. There are some there are doctors and lawyers for sure, but it's mostly really. What we would call solid, stable middle class jobs, um, and also the numbers don't bear it out. There just aren't that many black doctors and lawyers at that time. Okay, I mean you're okay. talking about a thousand kids every four years. Um, there, you know, aren't 20,000 at that time anyway, black doctors and lawyers at all in yes, Washington. Yes,
1: yes.
2: Um, it just doesn't. The numbers don't make sense. But um, the a lot of people became teachers. A lot of people went into into the government work, into civil work. Okay. Um A lot of them went into support service work, um some had their own businesses on u street that really um sort the famous of famous Street heart, yeah. yeah, the heart of the black community in washington d c uh The other thing that also helped the stable black community is at the time, there were three high schools, main high schools for blacks in Washington, up until fifty four only three there was a business high school, Cardoza. Okay. A vocational okay, yes. school, of Armstrong, which was next door to Dunbar, and Dunbar. Yes. So early on, if you knew you were a kid and you were, and they and they were good schools too. They had very good teachers. Many of the teachers who taught at Armstrong and Cardoza went to Dunbar as kids. Okay,
1: graduates.
2: So you got a very good, stable, basic education. But maybe you you got a trade. You learned a trade while you were in high school, and then you graduated okay. and went into the workforce. So vocational. School wasn't, you know, you say vocational now and people kind of look at like, well, is a kid not smart enough? You know, it, it's got a bad tinge to it. And it really, sh- what, one of my feelings about going forward in education is it shouldn't because not everybody is meant to go to college. Some kids Correct. could learn a fantastic trade and get started right away apprenticing. Correct. So there was that element. that there were Very kids successful. Who, yeah, exactly. There were kids who went to, to Armstrong, got a great education graduated with a skill and went right to work. Wow. You know, I mean, so obviously you, everyone didn't have to
1: be the doctor, the lawyer, uh, the teacher, the professor, the the Supreme Court uh, lawyer who has the opportunity to, go versus, to argue Brown versus the Board of Education. Yeah. So they were working class individuals too, you're yeah, saying. Yeah, very
2: much so. I, I okay. said to somebody, I got in, a, not in an argument, somebody was pushing back on that in Washington, D.C., and I said, okay, we're in a lot of trouble if um, suddenly – just having a job makes you upper class you know Yes. They, you know like i i respect the idea that yeah there were a lot of doctors and lawyers and and a lot of and a lot of the people who, were break, who did the breakthroughs in in sciences and in law were Dunbar graduates but you know like, people had basic jobs and that's, that's right. you know and that's how they sustained themselves I, one of the um really well known doctors in the book his dad was a truck driver you know, Wesley Brown's dad it came a from truck working class people. Yes. They were good, strong, working class people who cared about their child's education. Yes, who pushed it.
1: Yeah, Allison, we have so many callers already backed up on the line. I'm okay. A little. So many people want to speak to you live. All right, this is, my trans- this is
2: my first call-in show ever, so I'll do my very best. <laughs> well, a little nervous here. A little here.
1: transition. Before we get to it, because I see the line is really blowing up for us, I transition a little about current-day Dunbar High School, and I think it's not a secret to a lot of people, even on the national level, um, that some things have changed in D.C. since the heyday of the 40s and the 50s for a lot of individuals. But, you know, tell us what modern-day Dunbar High School is right right now. What is it like? What's going on? How's the school performing?
2: It's one of the the hardest parts about writing this book was writing a bit of a modern story, because... I felt very strongly I didn't want to beat up on the kids. The school was failing academically when I first visited it seven years ago and had been failing in the 2000s. It failed no child left behind five years in a row. And, you know, you want to tell that story and be truthful. The reporter must be truthful, but the person in me says, well, what if some kid reads this? You know, I just don't want them to feel beat up all the time. after waiting for Superman the movie and everything you heard about the re-administration, I thought, you know, no kid wants to go to a school that doesn't – work or be in a system that doesn't work. So I I really tried to contain that information in the book and point out that, you know, to to single out Dunbar on this is not fair because there are so many schools in D.C. that have these problems. Um, But, you know, it was having real, real, real issues, real problems. Um, One of the things with No Child Left Behind, one of the things that a, a school system can do is to bring in an outside contractor. So, they brought in a group from Bedstein, New York, who had had fabulous success with a similar school and a similar kind of neighborhood. And I really, they were people who had a really good idea, and they did not execute it as well as they could have.
1: So, right. there was
2: a bit of internal back and forth, and I can you can read more about that in the book. But where Dunbar stands today is a very exciting, exciting place. Yes. Yeah. In about three weeks, there's going to be a brand-new Dunbar High School opening. it cost cost $122 million to build the school. Oh. I visited it. You can see every dollar. It is gorgeous. It is one of the most beautiful schools I have ever seen. And... The hope is they really are dedicated to reviving the spirit of the original Dunbar High School. I think everybody acknowledges what at. went wrong. Everybody acknowledges the mistakes that were made, the politics that were played over Dunbar and around Dunbar. Okay. And I think everybody has said enough. We know what the school was what was possible in the school yes. when the law said it wasn't possible. Here we are in 2013. We are going to resuscitate. Dunbar mm-hmm. High School, and that's the hope. They have a really good team in place. Really, um, they found some really dedicated teachers. They found some people who went to Dunbar who've come back to teach
1: yes. um,
2: there now. When so back. I, I am hopeful. I, I am I'm a, generally a hopeful person. Um, I think this is a really, really positive reset button.
1: I'm excited also because it sounds like it's headed in the right direction. And one critic, very quickly, is said to quote it as saying, contemplating Dunbar's history may offer answers for the future. And I think that sums up how you feel about the future where Dunbar can head. Right now we're going to take questions because we, the lines are busy, and I hopefully I can get to every caller. Allison Stewart is on Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton, our first caller. Uh, hello. You are on with Shayna Thornton and Allison Stewart on Let's Talk America. Hello, this is
0: this is Kimberly Springle from the Charles Sumner School Museum and Archives. How are you?
2: I'm fine. This Hi. woman is one of the reasons I was able to write this book. <laughs> oh, Kimberly wow. Springle, we, we, we
0: certainly missing you around here, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, I practically live there. I yeah. would roll up with the, the, the for the people who are listening. The Sumner Museum and Archive is this amazing place that has. Um, held on to the history of all the DC schools, and I think Kim, you arrived there. Kim is the, you're the director, correct? Museum director, Yes, right? I am. Yes, I and, am. And uh, we we sort of arrived there about the same time. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, I
0: think so. Yeah, exactly.
2: And I just truly, I I I owe Kim so much. It wouldn't have been oh. possible to to write oh, the book without well,
0: her. Well, well, thank you for those kind of remarks. I just wanted to comment that I'm so excited that the book is is finished, finished and I cannot wait to read it. I have not read it yet. But um, I I definitely wanted to congratulate you on the success of of completing the book and and all this marketing. I think it's just wonderful, and I'm especially happy when, you know, anyone brings to life history related to public education here in D.C. Beautiful. And I have have just, like, two questions for you in Mm -hmm. reference to your process. I think the listeners will be interested in learning a little bit about your process and embarking on this book. Um, I know that many people come in here, they have a spark about a family member, which, of course, your parents went to Dunbar, which I'm sure initiated this whole process. But what was your process, I guess, and and challenges, maybe even learning curves,
1: when Mm -hmm. approaching
0: um, writing a historical book of this nature? And um, the second question is, what is the Kimberly, most... Kimberly, I'm gonna, I'm sorry, I don't
1: want to interrupt. Uh-huh. I'm only going to hold you uh-huh. to one because the lines are blowing up, and we're on a limited okay. time basis. Okay, okay, well, okay. But is
0: well, that, well, thank then, you so much then, for your then question. I'll, then I'll, get yeah, to that one, yes.
2: Okay, okay so, thank the, you, Kimberly. The, um, biggest, the biggest challenge was that the protagonist of the book is a thing, not a person. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. bringing the school, the entity of the school, bringing that to life and giving that a personality. Um, and the way I went about that was to use the graduates as sort of witness to bear witness to the school. Oh, um, the big challenge was that a lot of people told, as I started interviewing people, and well, will interviewed well over 100 people, that the stories were similar. So it was hard. It was, the challenge was finding unique. Angles on stories that were all sort of similar in the way that we had excellent teachers, they expected the most of us, we all knew we were going to college. So, sort of finding unique stories um, when there's sort of a similar chorus was, was a challenge.
1: All right, beautiful answer. Thank you. All right, next caller, you are on with Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Allison Stewart is the guest. Caller. Okay, I'm not retracting sure call. for call. I did. Hello, you're on with Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton, Allison Stewart's the guest.
0: How you doing, Miss Stewart?
2: I'm well, thank you. Thank you for calling in.
0: Great. Um, uh, can you uh talk a little bit more as far as the, the process as far as uh getting uh major companies to actually help you publish a book?
2: Sure, yeah, that was a challenge. I was turned down by ten publishers for this book. Oh, wow. 10 publishers turned me down and one independent in Chicago and it's when you, it's when the right thing happens at the right time a, who was in, the editor was a former school teacher got the manuscript got my pitch it was the first time I'd ever written anything like this and he said to to my age my book agent you know what she doesn't have it yet but there's something here can we work with her on the on the proposal and we would like more history, and I was so happy to hear that because I went through, and because I had so much research, and I gave them another proposal, and he said, "This is it, we got it." But truly, it was it was really hard. I got ten no's, and this just one, and this one guy in Chicago was a maybe. And then I worked really hard, and I made it. A, I made it a yes. It um, worked out. Yeah, no, but it was it was It was, heart- it was heartbreaking because I thought this was a great story, and I was really surprised that um, so many people couldn't see it.
1: Okay, and our final caller, you're on live with Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. How can we help you, caller? Okay, well we it was lines are jam packed, but we have a little technical difficulties, but that works out because we've got a few seconds left.
2: Allison, tell us when the book is available and how we can purchase the book. Sure, you know what? Amazon started sell. So it was technically out August 1st, but I know Amazon has started selling them already and shipping because the people.
1: All right. For some reason, Allison's line hung up, but Amazon.com does have her book. It's available right now. First Class, uh, The Legacy, uh, Dunbar High School, first back public high school in the United States. I want to thank Allison Stewart. has been a phenomenal guest. We have to have her back on. Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. Next show will be Friday, July the 26th at one thirty p.m. Thanks for listening. And, again, congratulations, Allison Stewart, on all of your success with your new book. We appreciate you. Until next. Time America, let's chat and let's talk) oh.